everyone. It's Alan Schimmel, and you're listening to another DevOps Chat. I'm really happy to have as a guest on today's DevOps Chat, Mr. Paul Chapman, CIO at Box. Paul, welcome to DevOps Chat. Thanks. Great to be here, Alan. Great to, great to have you here. So, Paul, be, before we jump into a couple of the items we want to talk about, I guess in case anyone in our audience maybe is not familiar with Box or, or yourself, why don't you just quickly you know, level set your background box and we'll jump in from there. Sure. Uh, well, uh, maybe I'll start with a little, just a little background, an accelerated bio of sorts. Uh, you know, been, been in the technology space for, you know, quite some time now. I, I like to joke that, uh, although it was, this is, uh, this is uh, the truth. I wasn't a COBOL programmer and an RPG programmer back in the late eighties. So I'll, I'll fast forward to today and say a lot has gone on in between. I've had to reinvent myself many times over to stay relevant. Uh, I often tell my team that the, the pain of change is mandatory. It's the suffering that's optional. So get comfortable with being uncomfortable if you're in the technology space. It's, it's never boring, that's for sure. Yep. Um, done a lot of things in between, um, but uh, I know, thoroughly enjoying my time over here at Box. You know, we're a you know, born in the cloud, grown-up digital company, very forward-thinking, innovative. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, we're, we're helping, you know, tens of thousands of organizations around the world to help to transform and digitize the, you know, the, the, the workplace. Fantastic. So Paul, you mentioned box and it is, you know, we talk about unicorns and cloud natives and these kinds of, of things, you know, box is certainly a member of the club. Um, and, and while they themselves Generally, these kinds of companies like Box eat their own dog food in terms of, of what they preach and everything. The, we almost take for granted the transformative wave that they've ushered in. You know, I, again, I'm, I'm not, I'm your age or maybe more. I remember, you know, the 1984 commercial, right, with the hammer. Mm -hmm. The Apple one, the famous Apple one. The Apple commercial, sure, the Mac commercial. So, you know, in a lot of ways, Companies like Box and, and you know, as, as a poster child for it, have broken through the silos that, that in the IT world you and I grew up in kind of held us, you know, bound. Um, if you can, give, give our audience a little bit of, I don't know if that was intentional, that it breaks down silos or it was an unintended consequence. But talk to us about how is it helping to break down, how does it usher in what, you know, did, Digital transformation is something everyone talks about. How does it help with that? Yeah, well, I think when you look at, and I'm, I'm going to sort of just geek out a little bit and, and, and share that one of the things that I have, now we're starting to see some maturity in what I would call the, the sort of the modern reference architecture for how you run your IT services today or business services today, um, is that when you, when you look back at sort of the technology that we invested in in the 90s and in the 80s, which at the time was the most modern uh, advanced technology, I should say, at the time. Unfortunately, it was architected in such a way that it was very siloed and you ended up sort of building up the sort of uh, monolithic sort of sort of application stacks where you went to sort of the oracles for everything or the SAPs for everything. And it was very hard to integrate. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately what happened is, is you sacrificed a lot of what I would call best of breed capability and innovation um, 
in that model. And because that architecture doesn't, in a sort of stepwise linear way, um, evolve to support today's way of working. You know, today we have a new style of, of employee, uh, one that has grown up digital, that's been educated by consumer experiences that expects a certain set of things when they enter the workplace. You have a new style of workplace. It's very open and social and collaborative. Um, you have this new style of IT that's, that's evolved to support that. And when you look at what's actually happening, um, the, the modern architecture is built around this best of breed ecosystem. And there's innovation going on everywhere. But the innovation is, is generally organizations are picking the, the, you know, the, the area that they're, that, that they're going to be the most innovative in, and they maniacally focus on the innovation in that space. So they're the best at what they do. And Box is absolutely the best at managing uh, uh, unstructured content for the enterprise with mm-hmm. the best compliance and regulatory and, and, um, and, 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 and so on. And, and, and security and risk and, and, and all those things. And then there are other companies that are the best at messaging. And then there are others that are the best at, you know, at certain types of collaboration. And, and what we get to do now is to start to bring all these services together because they're built to interoperate, which the architectures of yesteryear weren't. And we get to bring and curate that into the experiences we bring to our employees, partners, suppliers, and customers. And therefore, we're starting to create more automation, more digitization across this best of breed ecosystem. Long-winded answer, but it's a, there's a lot going on in there today. Oh, absolutely. So, you know, let, let's, let's pick into a couple of those areas. Number one is lock-in or the, the, the lack, you know, we, we used to suffer with the, these, these large stacks. Is, is You were locked in though, right? I, I was talking to someone earlier today, startup, who manages Macs for, for enterprises, right? And why haven't we seen that before? Well, maybe there weren't enough Macs. And why, you know, but it, 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 we've, all been, we've all suffered from lock-in in our technology. System. Yeah. Yeah, and we don't like it. We don't like the way it makes us feel. We don't like to feel um, captive or without, uh, without choice. And really today, freedom of choice is extremely important. Yes. And, and so what I do know, though, and this is something that I've certainly come to appreciate, is especially if you are, you know, as, as, you, as you think about a much more uh, heavily cloud-based footprint, you have, this, you have the freedom from infrastructure. Yeah. You have the freedom from direct sort of operational responsibilities that in our past lives, you know, we had significant operational responsibilities, managing a lot of technical debt and infrastructure mm-hmm. and so on. And we had to manage, you know, service levels, capacity, uh, performance, backups, failover, all the things that are just really keeping the lights on. We're not adding any uh, material value necessarily directly to the business. It's the things, the services that run on top. And so what I've, what I've seen is, is that um, now as you start to move to a cloud-based model, which is much more subscription-based, the on-ramps are a little smaller, the off-ramps are a little smaller, the mm-hmm. ability to change out services for uh, services that may not be as innovating as fast as others are is a, is a little easier. But I think the key thing is this, Every one of those services that you subscribe to, it's, it's a mutually beneficial outcome. They have to earn your business on an ongoing basis. Yep, on a minute by minute, not even daily. If not, 
you know, the subscription stops and you move it somewhere else. Um, and if they are not maniacally focused on innovating in their space, having highly reliable, scalable services, having services that meet your compliance and regulatory requirements, and having services that meet your trust and risk criteria for that particular service, they don't have a business. And no. so, the, the, so the, the beauty of this model, or this new emerging model, I should say, is that in the old ways, you know, sell you software and then, you know, you sort of, you, you get locked in and it's hard to move. Now, they're, you know, we think about this all the time. It's about the customer all the time. How are we making our customers get more value from, from their investment in us? And how can we make sure we're providing, you know, reliable services and, and, and innovative capabilities that, you know, that, that they're subscribing to, to, to maintain them as a customer? And that's good yeah. for us. Absolutely. So I, I, would, I would even go further, Paul. I'd say the hardware vendors locked you in more than the software guys even did. Right? When you made decisions, whether you were on Solaris or this flavor of Unix or Microsoft or what have you, or HP, I mean, HP, and I know you used to be at HP, no, no disrespect to them, <laughs> but they were really good at talking about freedom and best of breed while locking you in tighter than a drum. But yeah, but today, so to me, this all refers to something that I, I call portability. Right. We have as as consumers, as customers, we have such portability today where we can take our stuff up and go. It'll run anywhere we want, just about. It's a great point. Actually, a really good point. And the infrastructure, I, I was focusing on the services piece, but you're absolutely right. As I mentioned, the freedom from infrastructure in the in the cloud world, it's like no offense to the infrastructure providers. Um, it's just I add more value to my organization when I'm not focused on those things, it's a give back of time. And one of the most precious things we can give anybody is, is time. And I'm able to use that time to do much, what I would consider much higher value, yep. uh, you know, uh, contribute at a much higher value to the organization because of that. Absolutely. Paul, I, I, I want to transition to another topic that we spoke about, but I think you gave me a great segue here. And, and that is that, when we talk about things like transformation and, and you know, thriving and, and leveraging what we have, what the technology world has to offer us today, so much of it, frankly, isn't hardware or even software. The success or failure of organizations is often based on their culture and their people, right? And, and, and some, you know, G, we live in a gee whiz world where we take things we were talking offhand about you know, answering the doorbell from China, well, you know. But organizations can't really thrive, compete, and transform without that cultural sort of, you know, happening. I'm curious on your thoughts on that. Yeah, it, it probably, you know, we, we, we it, it, it box, we talk a lot about um, the future of work. And also, uh, we talk a lot about it's not about rewriting your software. It's about rewriting your company. And when we look at companies that, you know, if you look at just some of the statistics, 52% of the Fortune 500 have disappeared since the year 2000. And if you do the math, that's more than one per month. And a lot of people get into this techno panic thinking it's technology that's disrupting these companies. But the reality of it is, is technology is enabling that disruption but the technology that's doing this is available to everybody, including the incumbents. 
that have built their business models and their operating models on sort of a, a sort of legacy way of working. And you have, it, it, if you look at uh, the companies that are disrupting, it's because they have a different operating model. They have different business models. They have different, uh, they, they operate culturally very different. And the cultural shifts are really, really hard, especially in organizations that have become very established in, in, their, in their markets because it, that's what got them there. And yeah. the reality of it is, it, you know, we used to coin this term, uh, sort of this frozen middle of part of an organization that necess- didn't necessarily ha- doesn't necessarily have aligned incentives to change. Yeah, no. um, because it's like, what's, what's in it for me on the other side of this change? And they say at any given point, a third of an organization, and this is changes varies from company to company, but a third of an organization knows where you're going and how you're going to get there. A third doesn't, but they're willing to learn and invest and, and, and figure it out. And a third doesn't, well, never good. will, isn't interested. Yeah. Da, 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 da. And, and that's resistance. And yeah. the resistance to change has to be, has to be resolved a lot of companies will figure out maybe what they need to do and even why they need to do it, but it's the execution of the how. And sometimes that how is where it really holds people back because they realize that they may not be able to get there with the, with the culture and the people they have and they switch out leaders and so on. Um, And and I can share some more in what I'm seeing companies that are able to do this successfully. Uh, Most of them, it does take sort of, what I would call sort of breaking the company somewhat in order to, to, to come out. No, there. no, you, you got to burn it down. Right. And well, I don't want to burn it down, but the, there has to be fundamental change. Last question, because I know we're running low on time, but how important is leadership, right? As a CIO, this is kind of your, I mean, this is a big part of your role, right? But how important is leadership in making that transformation? It is, it, 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 it's it's absolutely key. You can't do it without the right leadership mindsets and and call it uh, uh, coalesce support. So I'll give you a, a recent example that um, that that I was talking to a CIO of a, of a very very large company that had been struggling with uh, call it reinventing itself and 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 reestablishing itself in a new modern digital world um, and was starting to make some it started to make some success there. And one of the questions that we often get asked uh, CIOs is what's your partnership model look like or your engagement model look like with the business? And how do you think about change management? And like I said, I went to school to learn how to do programming in COBOL and RPG. I never went and got a PhD in change management. You know, yeah, I'm, I'm not an expert at trying to change that, the mindsets of thousands of people across an organization when at least a third of them, based on our numbers, don't even want to, right? Yep. Um, I'm jesting a little bit. The CIO is one of the best partners to enable change, but isn't necessarily always in the best position to drive that change across the organization. You have to have leadership alignment and, and, and so on. And the, 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 the company I was talking to, I was talking to the CIO and he, he was asked that question, you know, what's your in, you know, people are interested because they're starting to see um, uh, meaningful um, change. And they asked him about his bi- relationship uh, model with the business. And he said, you know, he said, here's what happened. When we got our new C- CEO, he went to all of the heads of all the different business functions that we, that, that we have. 
and said, if we are going to transform, if we're going to think like a digital company, if we're going to think like a, a, you know, a, a technology company, and we're going to disrupt, it's incumbent upon every single one of you, business leaders, not for IT to come to you and say, here's what our model for working with you is. It's what is your model for working with IT? What is your model for working with the CIO? Mm-hmm. And he said that once that accountability came in to, to, the, to the business owners, he said it just greased the runway for, you know, for the CIO and, and, and organization to enable accelerated change across the organization because it wasn't incumbent upon the CIO then to drive that change. It was to enable the change. Um, and I actually think that that's something that is key here is we have to rethink the model of how we engage and operate, not just it's, it's a technology solve. No, I agreed with you. Paul, I, first of all, I want to apologize for taking up much more time than I, I think we'd booked, but it was a great conversation. This was, was kind of fascinating. Maybe we can have you on on another chat at some point or sure. some of the other uh, vehicles we use, but look, continued success with Box. We're customers um, here at DevOps.com, only for our most important data. Um, but uh, anyway, thanks for being our guest on DevOps Chat today, and we'll, we'll speak to you soon. Appreciate it. It's fun hanging out. All righty. This is Alan Schimmel for DevOps.com. Thanks for listening. This is another DevOps Chat. See you soon, everyone. Take care.